Welcome back to the Darting Through the Faith podcast. <laughs> I'm Father Sean Wilson. With me is Julia Monin. And, and cheers, cheers, Julia. Good morning. Yeah, good morning. How are you this fine day? I'm just fine this yeah? fine day. Yeah? Mm-hmm. This is uh, Monday. No, it's Tuesday. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. We're recorded on Tuesday. Normally I do on Monday, so that's why it can be the excuse. Okay. Julia had a long weekend. Okay. And okay. So okay. Welcome Tuesday. back to Tuesday. some sign of normalcy. Thank you. Mm-hmm. It is good to be back. It's good to be back in the studio. It's been a while since we've been up here. We were off last week. Were we? Yeah. Memorial Day, I think. Oh, yeah. Yeah. We took a memorial. Yeah. Yeah. And anyway, we're here. Feast of St. Norbert. I mm. like St. Norbert. Good Me too. Guy. Yep. <laughs> Me too. Are we telling the good people what we're doing in the studio today? Are we we're just... recording a podcast here in the studio, and we're going <clears> to <throat> um, just hold on tight as you listen to the next couple of weeks of podcasts, because um, I'm leaving on vacation, so we're going to try to crank through a couple of them. So it might be downhill from here, but we'll let time be the judge of that. You really didn't play that off very well. We are recording three episodes today in one sitting. We've never done that before. This we is haven't. exciting stuff. Yeah. We were like looking at calendars like, I don't know if that's a good idea, but we're going to try it. <laughs> so we'll see how it goes. Mm-hmm. This is number one. This is number one. Yep. We're off to a smashing start. We so. are smash. That's not true. <laughs> <laughs> that's not true. I may not know what day it is, but I do know it's morning time, 9 yes. a.m. I don't get okay. smashed till after three. That's a joke. Wow. That's a joke, wow. too. All right, let's pray. Let's, let's do this. We need the good Lord's help. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Lord, we give you thanks for your grace, for your mercy, and the way that you transform our lives, and even give us the joy of serving you. I said that you may be with all of those listening to this podcast, that they may always know your great love and your mercy, and the way you strengthen and guide all of us to holiness. Entrust this time into your mercy. Through Christ our Lord. Amen. Amen. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Paragraphs 2006 to 2016. 2016 was a great year. That was a good year. Yeah. year you were ordained. I was ordained, ordained. a priest yeah. in 2016. Did you enter, when in your formation, when did you enter the seminary? 2009. Nine. Okay. Yeah, 2009. Okay. My older brother graduated from high school in 2006, so okay. that's a monumental moment in 2006. Shout out, older brother. Yeah, shout out Josh Wilson. <laughs> yeah, <clears throat> right. Okay, nice, mm-hmm. nice. Anyway, paragraph-wise, that's where we're at, 2006 to 2016, mm-hmm. merit and holiness. Yeah. Merit and holiness. Merit. You might be familiar with the word demerit. If your mm-hmm. school growing up gave demerits, I found That's out right. yours did. My school did give demerits. Yeah. I have gotten some demerits. Yeah. They are no longer important for my life. So <laughs> That's good. luckily we don't get demerits anymore. Praise God. Yeah. Um, so we are talking about what what is a merit and in, in related where where are we in the in the catechism? So about? we're in the third part part of the catechism. So the moral life in Christ. And the section that we're on is basically it's still in morality in general, and it's talking about how God saves us. So there's all these different sections about the moral law, about His God's grace, how it transforms us, and this section merit and great our merit and holiness is basically about like how do we respond to God's free gift, mm-hmm. and um, yeah, that's basically mm-hmm. it. how do we respond to grace, and even how our cooperation with His grace helps us to grow in holiness mm-hmm. and merit. So. Yeah. Makes sense. Yeah. That's right where this section should be. (laughs) Yeah. Perfect. It all fits in together. You are glorified in the assembly of your holy ones, for in crowning their merits, you are crowning your own gifts. 
That's from Saint that's Augustine. From, no, that's no. from the the Roman Missal, Preface One of Saints. Okay. No, should be a number fifty nine. Yeah. Okay. There we go. Okay. Good deal. Yeah. The term merit refers in general to the recompense owed by a community or a society for the action of one of its members. Skipping ahead, merit is relative to the virtue of justice. So that's defining what merit is in a community setting, right? right? Yeah, you think about like a, a merit-based bonus, right? So you sell so much, sure. um, you sell so many, whatever your company sells, right? Mm-hmm. Let's just say your company sells printers, mm-hmm. right? You sell so many printers, mm-hmm. then you have merited a bonus, mm-hmm. right? So you've earned something. You've got a, a smile on your face. I mean, are you guys not thinking, like, do you ever earn goats as bonuses? Ah, from the Book of Tobit today, right? You do so well that you merit a goat. You merit an extra goat. Yeah. And your husband doesn't believe. That you got a goat. And so that bleeding goat, he wants you to get rid of. And then you realize how angry he is. That's readings June 6th. Just Uh go back and read the Book of Tobit's first reading. Yeah. Anyway, okay, so you merit that. Okay, that makes sense. Mm -hmm. With regard to God, paragraph 2007 says, there is no strict right to any merit on the part of man. Between God and us, there is an immeasurable inequality, for we have received everything from him, our creator. Right, so there's no justice. So God doesn't owe us anything is basically it, right? So let's say you do a good job at work selling a bunch of printers. In some ways, your boss owes some sort of recompense Mm -hmm. to you. However, in this immeasurable gap between us and God, he doesn't owe us anything, right? So there's no strict right to any merit. Mm -hmm. So we don't deserve anything from God because of the infinite gap between our goodness and his goodness. Sure. However, he's real good, and so Mm -hmm. he gives us the the merits anyways. Mm -hmm. So Mm -hmm. He pours out, yes, even though we're undeserving. Right, right. I think that's where the next paragraph right, goes. Right. The merit of man before God in the Christian life arises from the fact that God has freely chosen to associate man with the work of his grace. The fatherly action of God is first on his own initiative and then follows man's free acting through his collaboration, so that the merit of good works is to be attributed in the first place to the grace of God, then to the faithful. Man's merit, moreover, itself is due to God, for his good actions proceed in Christ from the predispositions and assistance given by the Holy Spirit. Right. So let's just say, let's today is St. Norbert's feast day. St. Norbert was known as an incredible preacher, mm-hmm. right? And so all of that incredible work that St. Norbert did, you can say, wow, like he must have studied hard, he must have trained well, mm-hmm. he must have spent time studying the Word of God and coming up with all of these insights. Mm-hmm. And what this paragraph, 2008, is saying is it's a collaboration and working with God, but the initiative is always God's. Mm-hmm. So the first recognition is always like, wow, the Lord has really done something mm-hmm. in Norbert there. Mm-hmm. Or any 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 goodness, right? Whether it's courage, whether it's somebody's ability to program computers, right? Everything is first uh, God's initiative, His grace, and our, our merit is simply the response, which is very much secondary to the Lord's actions. Right, right. Right, he chose us. We didn't choose him. Mm-hmm. Right, his grace always goes before us. Okay, right. and sometimes we get this really backwards, right? <laughs> like because we see we we think we have this good thing that God's just going to help us with, right? Mm-hmm. Like we 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 still recognize that things come from God, but we actually kind of even in our hearts and minds we we flip it and say, well, I'm I'm really good at 
um, at sports, and so God's going to bless bless that. Mm-hmm. And it's the it's the exact opposite, right? It's mm-hmm. it's the fact that the Lord does everything, and we simply respond as He places before us. Mm-hmm. And sometimes that means we're going to have to respond in ways we're not really good at, right? He's going to ask us to do things that we're we feel poorly equipped. And I think seemingly in my life, that's always a reminder for me to realize like, oh yeah, this is all the Lord's work because naturally I ain't good at that at all, Mm -hmm. but the Lord seemed to make it go okay. Mm -hmm. Must've been all his work. Mm -hmm. And actually I didn't put forth that much effort, right? Like I didn't try that hard. I could have tried a lot more, but the Lord did it anyways. Mm -hmm. So it's a whole like five loaves and two fish thing. We give him the little pittance we have and he blows it up in here. Right. As long as that's coming from a place of, of purity and trust and surrender to God and not a place of apathy and sloth and just, ah, you got yeah, this, man. So right. I'm just going to sit here and kick my feet up. Right. Right. Yeah. It's amazing, though, when you see the Lord can even work even amidst my apathy and sloth, right? Like, it's amazing. Yeah. It re- he does. Yeah, he does. But that's always a, a reminder to convert, to not say like, well, I can just throw in the towel because he's mm-hmm. going to do it anyways, right? Mm-hmm. That's the exact opposite of what we should be doing. Mm-hmm. But in his goodness, he can... Make good things happen anyway. Mm-hmm. I had, a, I had, and that just comes. I had, I went to confession one time and just kind of laid it out there about how like slothful I had been and kind of apathetic and da 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 da, and and how the Lord was doing all of this good stuff. And the priest very like deadpan says, "So it seems that all the good fruits in a parish is not because of you. It's because of God, huh? Uh. Just like pure deadpan." I was like, mm. mm. "True that. Thanks, Padre." <laughs> yeah, great point. Yeah. <laughs> Wow. Yeah. Yes, exactly. Filial adoption in in making us partakers by grace in the divine nature can bestow true merit on us as a result of God's gratuitous justice. This is our right by grace, the full right of love, making us co-heirs with Christ and worthy of obtaining the promised inheritance of eternal life. The merits of our good works are gifts of the divine goodness. Grace has gone before us. Now we are given what is due. Our merits are God's gifts. So this filial adoption, right? Mm-hmm. So as we are baptized and we enter into this as sons and daughters of God, makes us partakers by grace in the divine nature. Can you explain right. that? What does that mean? Partakers by grace right. in the divine nature. So filial is like the relationship of a parent to a child, right? Mm-hmm. So to become a son or daughter of God. So when we're baptized into Christ, what the Father sees and loves in Jesus, he sees and loves in us. So we become like Christ, and so the Father has the same relation, or, you know, yeah, the same love that he has for Christ for us because mm-hmm. we've been adopted into this family. Mm-hmm. We're, not, we're not in that family by nature. Only Jesus is, right? Only Jesus is the Son of the Father by nature. Mm-hmm. We are all by adoption because of his goodness. Mm-hmm. He's brought us into the family. Mm-hmm. But you see, it, like, just... Um, how good the Lord is because he he brings us into this like collaboration and working alongside of him. And it's just the, the family imagery is just great because you think about the father of a family, like even the, the grandfather of a family, like the, a good father and even one who becomes like kind of the patriarch of the family knows that at some point he's got to raise up his, his sons, his children, son-in-laws sometimes to kind of lead the family, right? Like, so he's got to, he's got to eventually be able to like pass things off and actually derives joy and not being the patriarch of the family. And although as important as that is, but sees joy in seeing other people raise up. Mm. It's like the same thing as like somebody who's been an all-star player then becomes a coach Mm. and they get maybe sometimes even more joy in watching other people succeed. Mm. Right. And that's ultimately like the father raises up Mm. us so that we can, he can 
and he derives joy in us collaborating with his goodness. Mm. Mm. Not that we'll ever like supplant the father and we won't need him, but that's like the imagery I think that, that gets used. Sure. Yeah, for sure. Since the initiative belongs to God in the order of grace, no man can merit the initial grace of forgiveness and justification at the beginning of conversion. Moved by the Holy Spirit and by charity, we can then merit for ourselves and for others the graces needed for our sanctification, for the increase of grace and charity, and for the attainment of eternal life. Even temporal goods like health and friendship can be merited in accordance with God's wisdom. These graces and goods are the object of Christian prayer. Prayer attends to the grace we need for meritorious actions. So initiated by God, since the initiative belongs to God in the order of grace, we can't merit this initial grace of forgiveness and justification. And we see this, you read the lives of the saints, mm-hmm. you see this, you see as they've grown in holiness, they can recognize for themselves. And I think it mentions that in here too, maybe in the next paragraph, that um, that they recognize that like on their own, none of this was possible. Mm-hmm. Any goodness in them is not from them. They didn't merit, they didn't do anything sure. to merit this, right? It was all a gift. But once um, once they receive and cooperate with that initial gift of conversion or that initial invitation of grace, then that their actions, their good actions, their virtuous actions, their their you know prayer that keeps that grace flowing and and increases it even in a way for themselves mm-hmm. and for others. Yeah. yeah. And that initial like Saint Paul is just a prime example of there was nothing Saint Paul did to merit sure. the conversion that the Lord offered him, mm-hmm. right? The grace that the Lord offered him. I mean, he was murderous, mm-hmm. breathing murderous threats, yeah. dragging people out of their house. There was nothing he ever did to earn that. And mm-hmm. and yet the Lord in his goodwill converted him. Mm-hmm. And then and then like some of these like temporal goods, the health, friendships, and increase in charity, because the Lord is good, he responds to our like you mentioned, like the saints' actions, right? Mm-hmm. And even all of our actions, right? Mm-hmm. Like um, when, gosh, you even think about like a farmer praying for rain, right? It's to see kind of the humility, to see the the, the prayers, it, it's, it can be a response mm-hmm. of God to somebody's prayers, to mm-hmm. somebody's good efforts, to somebody's surrender. Mm-hmm. And that's the merit that's won for a rain shower, mm-hmm. maybe when we need it. So, so like, is this the going back to this paragraph? So you can't you going back to Saint Paul as the example can't merit that initial that initial grace of conversion. What's needed for that? But <clears throat> those that have gone through that process and cooperated with that and are walking in this life of grace and living in this grace life of grace can merit things for themselves and for others. So we can think about being one body in Christ, that those people that were faithful Christians at that time were walking in union with the Lord and striving to do that were perhaps meriting for St. Paul, his conversion, the grace he would need for his conversion. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you think about... Uh, I'm trying to think of who it is. It was a St. Therese who was praying for somebody on the mm-hmm. the, the prisoner who is going to get hung, I think, mm-hmm. in France, and she prays and prays and prays, and like right before he was experienced capital punishment, was killed for his crimes, he had a he had a great conversion, and mm-hmm. you know, so she merited yeah. that mm-hmm. for him. Yeah, her first child, she calls him yeah. uh, Pranzini. Yeah, a murderer was not showing any um, sense of sorrow or contrition. And um, she began pleading for him that something, Mm -hmm. he'd have some sign of conversion before he was killed. And as he was approaching the scaffold to be hung, he looked to the priest that was there and asked to kiss the crucifix. So like that little sign. Mm -hmm. And that's all Therese needed to say, ah, my prayers were answered. There was some sign of hope there. But yeah, for sure. 
For take sure. somebody like Marie Goretti from heaven, mm-hmm. forgiving the the man who um, abused and killed her, right. and uh, and that merited his conversion. Right. So. Right. Right. And that's all. Right. Like right. That yeah. it. What we what we want to kind of. S- steer away from is like um, manipulative, right? We don't manipulate God. Mm. It's all part of God's freedom for this grace to be able to flow. But because God is just and because he's a good father, Mm. he sees his child, Therese, pouring herself out in love for this guy Mm. and a father's heart can't but answer, mm-hmm. right? There's nothing like if you do this, then like you can manipulate God. And mm-hmm. that's some of these, so, right? So we always kind of want to be a little weary if it's like, if you do this, then X will happen, yes. right? Because we cannot manipulate God. We can't manipulate grace. Mm-hmm. But because he sees the generosity, he's a good father, mm-hmm. right? He's not somebody who can be bought or he's not a genie in a bottle. Mm-hmm. So, right. Right. So that's kind of maybe the extremes that we want to, we want to avoid. Yeah. Golly. I, I'm not going to go into, you know, my own full story of conversion, but absolutely a hundred percent. I can go back and look at that moment where like the Lord shook me up. And for the Mm. first time I was awakened to the life of deadly sin. I was living, I was totally numb to it. It happened so slowly, became totally numb. But in that moment and in hindsight, what's the Lord pulled me out of that. And I had made a return to confession and all of that recognizing, okay, I obviously didn't do anything to deserve that. I wasn't, I wasn't changing. I was still totally wrapped up in my life of sin, you know, but could go back and could, could attribute that to my own mother's prayers because she was on the brink of, you know, of a deeper conversion herself. Mm -hmm. And knowing that as she was, you know, falling more and more in love with the Lord, growing in her own life of prayer and her devotion to our lady, that I was on the receiving end of some of those graces she was meriting. And that woke me up, you know? Boom. Yeah. So, so the, yeah, the end of the day, what we we all continue, like, what's the answer for all of this? Like, how can we help the world? How can we, well, you can grow in holiness like yourself and know that God will use you as an instrument to, to, um, distribute his graces then right. to others. Yeah. And this is the wisdom of the contemplative life, right? Mm-hmm. Of men and women who go to a cloister to mm-hmm. just simply pray for the world. Because mm-hmm. on face value, it just looks ridiculous, mm-hmm. right? Like, wait a minute, there's so much good that you could be due in teaching and caring for the sick and all of these things. But the women especially, but sometimes men are called to contemplative orders. Mm-hmm. And this is basically their whole goal mm-hmm. is to intercede, to fall in love with the Lord, to merit the conversion of the whole world. Yeah. And so we, we can't lose how important that is and where our world, where our church would be without their prayers, without mm-hmm. their sacrifices of these incredible warriors of prayer, just pouring it out for us mm-hmm. so that the good Lord may shower his grace upon his church. So, mm-hmm. um, don't forget to thank God for all those contemplatives who are completely unseen, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Ignored, mm-hmm. forgotten, and yet are doing the heavy lifting of holiness. Mm-hmm. Yeah, right. Shout out to them. There's no way they're listening no to this, way. though. <laughs> <laughs> they listen. They're listening to the heart of the beloved. That's right. Ah, um, oh, sorry. Yeah, that's good stuff. The charity of Christ is the source in us of all our merits before God. Grace, by uniting us to Christ in in active love, ensures the supernatural quality of our acts and consequently their merit before God and before men. The saints have always had a lively awareness that their merits were pure grace. Yeah. Everything comes, anything good that we have comes from Mm -hmm. God. And that's humility, Mm -hmm. right? Because humility sometimes is not like self-hatred or look how lowly I am or I'm terrible. But it's actually to realize that everything we have is a gift from God, Mm -hmm. right? No matter what it is, you know, 
whether it's just the fact that we can get out of bed each morning, pure gift from God, yeah. not because we're a superstar and we're so responsive mm-hmm. to our alarm clock. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Cause that's rarely the case. Well, you can think of, <laughs> you can think of that with like, um, you know, if you struggle with, um, sharing your financial gifts with the world, you know, and, and taking that back, like, well, yeah. I've earned this. I'm the one that's getting up rock star to my alarm clock right, every day. Right. I'm the one going in there. I'm the one doing this. I'm the one that went to school to learn whatever I needed to learn. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But who gave who gave you the intellect to actually be able to grasp what you need to learn to do the job? Mm-hmm. Or who gives you the breath to actually get up and go into the office? Like, right, so... The it, opportunity to study and learn. Yeah, yeah, right, exactly. Right, where did that all come from? Like, mm-hmm. but yeah, that that... There's a there's that selfishness in all of us that wants to say I've earned this mm-hmm. and so I deserve this and right. so you better give me the good stuff, um, and that's what what is opposite of what happens or right. what the Lord is trying to pull us away from I guess that mentality. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Sure. Um, there's a beautiful quote here in the Catechism from Saint Therese, um, but I'm going to save that for the end if you don't mind. That's fine. Yeah. That's fine. Yep. So moving on then to the, to the next section, which is the the rest of the paragraphs, 2012 to 2016, Christian holiness. So that was merit. What mm-hmm. is merit? What do, what do we believe about that? Or what does the church teach us about that? This is Christian holiness. And it begins by quoting scripture here, Romans 8, 28 through 30. We know that in everything God works for good with those who love him. For those whom he foreknew, he also predestined to be conformed to the image of his son in order that he might be the firstborn among many brethren. And those whom he predestined, he also called. And those whom he called, he also justified. And those whom he justified, he also glorified. Mm. So moving on, what does it mean to be holy? What is this Christian holiness? All Christians in any state or walk of life are called to the fullness of Christian life and to the perfection of charity. All are called to holiness. Be perfect as your heavenly Father is perfect. And this, you know, in some way might be the crux of the Second Vatican Council. You know, who knows whatever anybody has ever heard about it. Oftentimes all people ever know about the second Vatican council's liturgical stuff, but that is like a footnote compared to this universal call to holiness, which Mm -hmm. I think is in the document Lumen Gentium. It's it's like the whole chapter five. Mm -hmm. And it's this incredible like manifesto of each and every one of us is called to be a saint, right? It's not just the priests or the nuns or those cloistered sisters far Mm -hmm. away, but it's every single person and to deny that is to deny the Lord's possibility to do this. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that's like a revolution if we realize that each and every one of us is called to sanctity. Each and every one of us is called to live a holy life. And the Lord gives the possibility of it too, mm-hmm. right? And it's not our own work, but it's his great desire to see saints raised up, to see a life transformed by his love. Um, and that's like... That's been an awakening, I think, in the church over these last... It's always been the case, Mm -hmm. but sometimes we need reminded of every one of us is called to be a saint. Mm -hmm. So, Yeah, Yeah. not just the priest at the altar, right? not just the cloistered sister in the convent, but you and I, Mm -hmm. out and about. And to go back to what we were talking about earlier about it's not, you know, how was the terminology you were using? Anyway, what is it? What is it? What is holiness actually? Like not just like checking off all the right things and doing this. It's this conversion of heart. As it says in this paragraph, the perfection of charity, this mm-hmm. perfection of love, of receiving love, of giving that love in return. Um, and it looks different on all of us, you know? We'll all be hopefully united with the Lord mm-hmm. in the sacraments and, and all of that. Um, but in terms of how we live that holiness out, it'll look different. 
on right. each one of us, you know. There's a great um, in uh, St. Francis de Sales's Office of Readings. Mm. There's a great like so he might be uh, like one yeah. of the great originators of this. Yeah. So he's 1600s doing all sorts of spiritual direction. And so what's included in the Office of Readings for his feast day is perfect for who he is. And he talks, he's writing this letter, I believe, to a a married woman to talk about how sanctity in all different walks of life looks different and don't try to live somebody else's path to sanctity. And he Mm -hmm. compares, like, the bishop is not supposed to live like the contemplative nun who's not supposed to live like the the married woman who's Mm -hmm. not, you know, and he just, like, Mm -hmm. each is path to sanctity is indeed a path to sanctity where we don't say, well, if I was just like that person, I'd be a lot more able to grow in holiness. Mm -hmm. Um, But... That was a weird voice, but but the Lord provides the means uh, for us to be saints yeah. uh, based on our vocation, our state in life. Yeah. Do you remember that moment you shared uh, in confession where it was like, huh, it seems like the Lord is actually the one who's responsible yeah. for the good works in your parish and mm-hmm. not, not me. little you. Uh, one of those moments, too, where you know the priest just put it like point blank. You will become a saint not in spite of your vocation mm. as a wife and mother, but because of it. Because yeah. often, you know, you're so busy keeping up with the duties, you think, well, if I only had more time, if only I could read more, if only I could pray more, if only I could do mm-hmm. this more, these people hold me back. No, I don't mm-hmm. think so. Your vocation or your holiness is in your state of life, right. not outside of it. It's there. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. Spiritual progress tends toward ever more intimate union with Christ. This union is called, quote-unquote, mystical because it participates in the mystery of Christ through the sacraments, the holy mysteries, and in him, in the mystery of the Holy Trinity. God calls us all to this intimate union with him, even if the special graces or extraordinary signs of this mystical life are granted only to some for the sake of manifesting the gratuitous gift given to all. Spiritual progress tends toward ever more intimate union with Christ, and God calls all of us to this intimate union with him. Right. Mm-hmm. Some receive graces and incredible favors and mystical revelations. Mm-hmm. Most of us don't, is what the right. catechism says. But that doesn't mean we're not called to intimacy with him, right? Mm-hmm. It's it's an ordinary form of, of mm-hmm. love, of experiencing the love of Jesus. And then that's how we grow in charity with others, mm-hmm. right? Unless we first receive love, we'll never be able to act in true love. Right, so. right. The way of perfection <clears throat> passes by the way of the cross. Really? Uh, Sounds hard. Ah, yes. It's true, though. Our Savior went there first. We must follow him. There is no holiness without renunciation and spiritual battle. Mm -hmm. This ain't easy, folks. (laughs) Which I think is a reminder for all of us that even when we see people that we admire, maybe our mentors, maybe somebody that we look up to, and we think, gosh, this Mm -hmm. seems so easy for them. Mm -hmm. Never the case. Nope. Never the case for anybody who's trying to authentically follow Jesus. It is never easy. The spiritual battle rages on. Yep. And and it, it looks different at different parts of our life, right? Mm-hmm. There's different temptations the devil gives to, to us based on where we are. But sure. it's never like, oh, it just seems so easy for mm-hmm. them. Like, mm-hmm. well, it's not. Mm-hmm. And the catechism is true in saying mm-hmm. everybody. Mm-hmm. It's a spiritual battle. I mean, mm-hmm. and, you know, Probably the prime example of this is, at least in our own day and age, is Mother Teresa, who everybody, wow, she's so happy. She's so joyful. She reflects the love of Jesus. He's full in her heart. And she dies and her journals are probably very much against her desires. Oh, yeah. Publicly (laughs) published. Oh, yeah. And we're like, oh, man, she experienced some pain spiritually, like barely Mm -hmm. even understandable Mm -hmm. to us. Um, Mm -hmm. So Mm -hmm. the cross is always there. 
um, which is maybe why we need to be a little bit more merciful towards each other because all of us are experiencing the cross in our lives, mm-hmm. especially if we're trying to follow Jesus. Absolutely. The way of perfection passes by the way of the cross. Yep. The children of our Holy Mother, the Church, rightly hope for the grace of final perseverance and the recompense of God their Father for the good works accomplished with His grace in communion with Jesus. Keeping the same rule of life, believers share the blessed hope of those whom the divine mercy gathers into the holy city, the new Jerusalem, coming down out of heaven from God, prepared as a bride adorned for her husband. So mm. we believe in this this hope. We, we, we rightly hope for this grace of final perseverance and the recompense of God. Right. Mm-hmm. Eye hath not seen, ear has not heard what mm. God has prepared for those who love him. Right? Mm. So even the recompense... Is, is not just because we did this and the Lord's like, well, you did this, this, and this, and your payback is, well, this place in heaven, yeah. right? It's this free gift mm. of, his, of his recompense, for, of his response, of his gift for what those who love him have done. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. I read a biography of Cardinal George recently who died in 2015 or 16, mm. maybe 17, as the, he was the Archbishop of Chicago, and you know, they asked him, well, what do you... What do you what do you want the end of your life to be? He's like, I've just tried to be a good bishop and mm-hmm. I just offer that all to the Lord and I hope I'll have a, a place in heaven. Mm-hmm. And that was like, that was so simple for a man who's absolutely brilliant and has poured himself out mm-hmm. for 78 years in love of God and his mm-hmm. people mm-hmm. and uh, and simply wants to have the place in heaven mm-hmm. for what he has done. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, beautiful. Um, and that'll tie in perfectly with, with where we'll end this, and that's this quote from St. Therese in, in what this actually means in meriting and how the saints look at this, of, mm-hmm. of who they really are before the Lord. If you want to go to the in-brief section to kind of summarize what we've talked about today, then um, that would be paragraphs 2025 through 2029. 2025, 2026, 2027, 2028, 2029. That was fun to say. Um, yeah, that will give you an in brief. Anything else with this one, Padre? I don't think so. I don't think so. It's a, uh, it's an interesting one just from like a, like Catholic Protestant perspective, right? Um, and just kind of, it's one of the things that Martin Luther kind of looked down upon is this church's ability and the, the, I guess the Christian's ability to merit Mm -hmm. anything. Mm -hmm. Um, Right. And so one of the things that Luther called humanity is snow covered dung, mm. right? Which is basically like snow from the, we're always dung mm-hmm. and snow covers it so that, you know, from the outside we come, become better. Mm-hmm. But what this is saying and what the church has always said is the dung of our life can be transformed mm-hmm. into something beautiful for God. Mm-hmm. And, um, and that's what this is saying. So that's maybe a, that would be maybe a, an issue that non Catholics would take with this, mm-hmm. this section if they're really kind of, uh, holding to the Luther mm-hmm. Lutheran position, mm-hmm. so, mm-hmm. but you never really know what Protestants believe until you actually ask them because yeah. it, there's yeah. different different flavors. Sure, sure, sure. Wasn't please correct me if I'm wrong, but wasn't happily. <laughs> well, yeah, why did I have to say that? I can and I will and I do and I can't wait and I love it. Um, didn't he uh, battle deeply? And of course, I am not defending where Holy Mother sure. Church was at that time because there was a lot of errors. But didn't he himself personally struggle deeply with scruples? 
Right. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So he's recognizing his own inability, his own Mm -hmm. sinfulness. And so he's looking for an answer to like this spiritual pain that he's experiencing. And so just from the outside, he he doesn't have to transform, but the Lord will impute his grace. Mm -hmm. Meanwhile, the church is struggling with the opposite extreme of like, hey, if you do this, God will do this, right? You buy this indulgence, you can have Mm -hmm. this high place in heaven, right? Mm -hmm. So... Mm-hmm. So there's just a nat. So he's got his own personal struggles yeah. that are coming at just the wrong time in the church because the church is struggling institutionally with buying your way to heaven instead right. of being transformed into a saint. Mm-hmm. And uh, well, we got ourselves a little disaster. We did. However, mm-hmm. that brought about a council that had to really wrestle with these things and provide some clarity, which is basically all of these things we just talked about were mm-hmm. clarified by the Council of Trent mm-hmm. and. So the Lord brought something good out of it. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. But boy, howdy, we're still suffering from... The division. The division. Yeah. 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 Right. All right. So merit and holiness, surrendering to God, giving our hearts to Him. Let's end with this beautiful quote from St. Therese and her hopes for eternal life. She writes, After Earth's exile, I hope to go and enjoy you in the fatherland, but I do not want to lay up merits for heaven. I want to work for your love alone. In the evening of this life, I shall appear before you with empty hands. For I do not ask you, Lord, to count my works. All our justice is blemished in your eyes. I wish then to be clothed in your own justice and to receive from your love the eternal possession of yourself.